0: Ultimately, we owe God everything and we should never forget that. This salvation we have through Jesus Christ is far greater than what he did for Israel in the past. What he did is immeasurable. Think about it. Hell is eternal perdition, being eternally separated from God. Forever is a long time. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries where we are dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and his truth with the world. In today's message, we'll be talking about gratefulness to the Lord. Do you understand what Jesus has in fact done for you? Do you understand the true meaning of Christmas, and what God did through that event in history? Many people celebrate this holiday like any other holiday. Some celebrate it without even knowing why the holiday exists. It has become everything else except what it really means. We have received the greatest gift anyone could ever give, A gift only God can give. What does that mean to you? And, are you truly grateful to the Lord for it? Today's message is inspired on Psalm 105, verses 23 to 45. Let us pray. Lord God, blessed Father, creator of heaven and earth, I praise you and I thank you, O Lord. Blessed are you, O Lord God, now and always and forever and ever, O Lord. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O God, that you may please, as always, forgive my sins. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I'm a, I'm a very imperfect person. and I need your forgiveness always. I give you thanks, O Lord, for your Son, Jesus Christ. I give you thanks Heavenly Father, for the mercy and grace that we find through him, for the hope of eternal life. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that you may please help us to understand your word. Help us to understand your teaching, Lord God. Help us, O Lord, to be able to value everything that you do for us. Help us never to take things for granted. I give you thanks and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's key passage reading can be found in the book of Psalms, chapter 105, verses 23 to 45. This is the word of the Lord. Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob dwelt in the land of Ham. He increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. He turned their heart to hate his people, to deal craftily with his servants, He sent Moses his servant and Aaron whom he had chosen. They performed his signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made it dark and they did not rebel against his word. He turned their waters into blood and killed their fish. Their land abounded with frogs, even in the chambers of their kings. He spoke and there came swarms of flies and lice in all their territory. He gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in their land. He struck their vines also and their fig trees and splintered the trees of their territory. He spoke and locusts came, young locusts without number, and ate up all the vegetation in their land and devoured the fruit of their ground. He also destroyed all the firstborn in their land, the first of all their strength. He also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his tribes. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them had fallen upon them. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light in the night. The people asked and he brought quail and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock and the water gushed out. It ran in the dry places like a river, for he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. He brought out his people with joy, his chosen ones with gladness. He gave them the lands of the Gentiles, and they inherited the labor of the nations, that they might observe his statutes and keep his laws. Praise the Lord. Israel was supposed to always have been grateful to God for being freed from Egypt, and rightfully so, because God had done many undeserved and unmerited things for Israel. God had performed miracles to free Israel from the hand of Pharaoh, who was at that time the mightiest of all the kingdoms in the known world. Israel had become captive for 400 years. Many of the ancient buildings that you see today in Egypt, including the pyramids, were built by the children of Israel, and it cost many lives and much hardship. Yet the time came when God delivered the children of Israel out of the hand of Pharaoh through Moses, through diverse plagues, signs, and wonders. And ultimately. God destroyed the army of Pharaoh when he parted the Red Sea, when he made the waters come back on them. And after that, God led Israel through the desert miraculously by feeding them and giving them water where there was no food or water available. And finally, God gave them the promised land. And Israel conquered and destroyed many kings, even though they were outnumbered and unprepared militarily. This is a very short summary of all the things the Lord did for the people of Israel, and all done by grace, meaning that it was unmerited and undeserved. God had told them that they were always supposed to make remembrance of where their freedom started. Deuteronomy chapter 16 says, Observe the month of Abib and keep the Passover to the Lord your God, for in the month of Abib the Lord your God brought you out of Egypt by night. Therefore you shall sacrifice the Passover to the Lord your God from the flock and the herd, in the place where the Lord chooses to put his name. You shall eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread with it, that is, the bread of affliction. For you came out of the land of Egypt in haste, that you may remember the day in which you came out of the land of Egypt all the days of your life. Psalm one thirty-six, ten to 26 relates some of the events that happened as part of their liberation, where it says, To him, speaking of God, who struck Egypt and their firstborn, for his mercy endures forever, and brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endures forever, with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, for his mercy endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his mercy endures forever, and made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endures forever, but overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his mercy endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his mercy endures forever, and slew famous kings, for his mercy endures forever. Sion, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endures forever, and Og, king of Bashan, for his mercy endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage, for his mercy endures forever. And heritage to Israel, his servant, for his mercy endures forever. Who remembered us in our lowly state, for his mercy endures forever. And rescued us from our enemies, for his mercy endures forever. Who gives food to all flesh, for his mercy endures forever. All give thanks to the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever. And so if Israel was supposed to be eternally grateful for being freed from Egypt and brought to the promised land, how much more should we be grateful for the eternal life we have in Christ? As a society, many of us will be celebrating now Christmas, which is the remembrance of the physical birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the promised Messiah. That is where the entire human race's miracle started. Before Jesus' coming, there was no real salvation, even for the Jews. Because of our sin, our destiny was hell. That was our reality. The forgiveness of sin never existed prior to Jesus. The law, as it was mentioned in certain parts of the Bible, consisted of animal sacrifices, and that the innocent would pay for the sins of the guilty. But all those sacrifices done before by Israel would only atone for sin. The sacrifices could not erase or wash sin away. That was impossible. Atonement meant that people's sins at best were only covered by the blood that was shed by the innocent victims. And so when those that had faith in the Lord prior to Jesus' coming, when they would die, they would go to a place called Abraham's bosom, which is like a compartment in hell where a temporary paradise was located. Jesus spoke of this place when he related the story of Lazarus and the rich man, which was a true story, by the way. This is what Luke chapter 16 says. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died, and was buried, and being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, "Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he might dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame." But Abraham said, "Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things." But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all of this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment." So here we see a clear picture of hell and of this place called Abraham's bosom. Jesus also mentioned this temporary paradise while on the cross, when he spoke to the thief that had repented. Luke chapter 23 relates the following, Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And so it is pretty clear that before Jesus was resurrected, even Jesus himself, when he died, everyone went to hell. The only difference is that hell had a bad part and a temporary safe place called paradise. But nonetheless, no one had access to heaven prior to Jesus' resurrection. Now, some of you might say, I would be content with going to that paradise that is spoken of. But the reality is that the so-called paradise is gone. It exists no more. And also, if you were a person that had not fulfilled the terms and conditions, if you will, of the law of God, There would be no access for you to this paradise, especially as a person that did not belong to Israel. So coming back to this sin problem we all had, or still have, depending on where you are with the Lord, was done away with graciously through the Lord Jesus Christ. We deserve eternal death for our sins because our sins separate us from God. For it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And... The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. And so, that was our reality. And again, that may still be the reality for many of you that have not yet come to true faith in Jesus Christ. We were eternally separated from God without hope, without any kind of access to the promises of God. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us this, Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. God made a way for all mankind through Jesus Christ. He provided the opportunity to have eternal life through the Lord, just as he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me. So what has God done for us? He created us and gave us life. And even though we were filled with trespasses and sins and undeserving of any kind of forgiveness, completely separated from him, he took it upon himself to give us an eternal hope, an eternal promise. For it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. If you ever wanted a sign that God exists and that he loves you, Just look at the sign of the cross, where God himself sacrificed his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for all of mankind's sins. He did that for you and for me. And we always need to remember that this sin problem that we talked about was not his problem. It was our problem. God is still God and remains completely unaffected if man goes to hell. Now, of course, he does not want that because God loves us, but within his own person, he really has nothing to lose. He is unaffected, and so he did us an incredible favor. He performed a miracle. He broke our hell-bound destiny. He made a way for salvation through Jesus Christ, and he did it as a gift. For it is written, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ultimately, we owe God everything, And we should never forget that. This salvation we have through Jesus Christ is far greater than what he did for Israel in the past. What he did is immeasurable. Think about it. Hell is eternal perdition. Being eternally separated from God forever is a long time. You think that that line that you did somewhere waiting for something took forever. Think about eternity. Our years here on earth feel like forever sometimes. That hard time you may be going through right now may seem like forever, but what may seem like a long time or like forever is really very short compared to true eternity. Our life here on this planet is truly but a moment in comparison to eternity. The apostle Paul had a health problem or a thorn in the flesh as he referred to it that made life difficult for him. And he asked the Lord to heal him. This is what Paul himself wrote, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient to you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What is this grace that should be sufficient, even when facing hardship in the here and now? That grace is the salvation we find through Jesus Christ, the gift of eternal life, the eternal hope we have through Jesus That grace is the one we found when God changed the course of all history through Jesus Christ, our own personal course, and gave us the opportunity to be saved. And this grace, if you really think about it, does not compare to anything in this world. It exceeds any hardship and pain and trial and tribulation you may be facing right now. It is greater than anything this temporary world can offer. It is grander than any relationship you could ever have, and certainly more precious than gold and any other riches. And the best news of all is that God just gave this to us as a gift through His only begotten Son, through Jesus Christ. Don't let the devil or the world fool you in that God doesn't care about you, because that is a lie. He cares about you. He loves you. He loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so, if there's anything that we should always be eternally grateful for, is for the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. This is the greatest gift anyone has ever given, and it is open and free to all those who are willing to accept it and make it their own. This is truly the greatest reason to be grateful to the Lord for all time, for all eternity, because it was for an eternity that we were going to be separated from Him and from all that He has in store for those that love Him. You know, Christmas over the years has become something completely different to what it really is. The celebration of the physical birth of our Lord Jesus Christ Now, it may not exactly be the time it happened, but nonetheless, that is the reason for Christmas. It was the start of the fulfillment of prophecy, promises that God had given to mankind centuries before they actually were realized. The birth of Jesus Christ is a sign of God's faithfulness, goodness, and mercy. But now, society has made it more about being a paid holiday, a break from school, or a time to spend with family, or time for presents and commercialization. Many people say, happy holidays, to be politically correct, to not offend anyone that either does not believe in Christ or because they are of other faiths and beliefs. But ultimately, do you personally understand what God has done through Jesus Christ, through the Messiah? If you don't understand yet, this is what he has done. Jesus Christ is God, the second person of the Holy Trinity. So God himself took upon him our likeness, our form so that he could become the holy sacrifice that would wash away the sins of the world. The Almighty God of the universe came to die for you and for me and without any kind of obligation so that we could have eternal life, so that we through faith in Jesus Christ could attain immortality, a beginning with no end, the hope of salvation so that we could have access to his kingdom, an eternal place where the Bible explains that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. This is what God has done for us through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no greater love than this. There is nothing greater in all of the universe than this. When a person truly understands and appreciates what God has done for them, then it should be only natural to surrender everything that they are to him and follow him like he deserves, like so many of those that did understand that preceded us in this faith. When Jesus told each of the disciples to follow him, they understood within themselves that Jesus was more than a man. And when He was raised from the grave by the Father at the third day, they understood that He was God and that what He went through was for them. That's why they remained faithful until the end, because they were grateful. They gave up their lives gladly for the sake of Jesus Christ. They considered it a privilege to suffer for their Lord. There was true gratefulness in their hearts. I believe follow and serve the Lord for the same reason, because God did something for me that I could never thank Him enough for. I wouldn't be alive right now if it was not for His saving grace and for His healing power. I've come to understand more and more His mercy and His grace, and I plan to follow Him all the days of my life until I breathe my last breath to endure whatever I need to endure for Him, because I am eternally grateful for what He has done for me. And so, what about you? What does Jesus mean to you? What does the cross he died on for your sins mean to you? Do you treat God in a manner like most people treat him? Even those that profess to believe in him, where they think to themselves, what have you, God, done for me lately? I would urge you to think about what Jesus is to you and how you respond to his love, mercy, and grace, to see if you are truly grateful for what he has done. Grateful like those that are now enjoying the hope of their salvation, that have started their eternal life in him, those that preceded us, and they gave it all up because they understood and were grateful for what he did for them. Think about it for your own good. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I give you thanks for your love, for your grace, for your mercy, for creating us, for making us, for giving us, oh Lord, every day that we live. Lord, we owe you our breath of life. We owe you everything, but the greatest thing that we owe you, Lord God, is what you did through your son, Jesus Christ. You paid our sin debt through him. Heavenly Father, your love is so great. Your mercy is incredible. It's so hard to understand. Lord God, I can't understand still why you would do something like that for me. Heavenly Father, Us, O Lord, to truly learn how to value what you've done, what you've given us. That the eternal life that you've granted us, Lord God, through your Son, Jesus Christ, is something unbelievable. It's something amazing. It's something that transcends anything and everything that could ever exist. Help us to understand the value behind all of that, Lord God. Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to to be able to look past through the here and now, whatever we may be going through, Lord God, that we may not be so so held on and, and, and bent on just, and just thinking of what we want and what we need here and now, Lord God, but to be able to understand and to be able to see more and more clearly what you have done, what you are doing, and what you plan to give us, Lord God, in eternity. But you did it all for your grace, Lord God, you are so good to us. We don't deserve it. Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to see beyond our sinful ways and to be able to value you for who you are and what you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website, if you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Ladder Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Ladder Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and his truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.